welcome to Be Make Do, a Soul Makers podcast, where we talk about what it takes to pursue your calling as a culture maker with spiritual wholeness and creative freedom. I'm your host, Lisa Smith, and I'm here with my producer, Danny BH. Hello. And it is our passion to encourage and inspire you to become who you were created to be, to make what you were created to make, and to do what you were created to do. Now, over the course of our last few episodes, we've been giving an overview of the first two parts of the Soulmaker's Threefold Way of Call, Becoming and Making. And we're excited to keep sharing with you these inspiring and encouraging conversations with artists who embody this way of call. And today, we will be speaking with photographer and entrepreneur Shala Graham. Yes, yes. I have been waiting to have this conversation with Shala for years, actually. She just has so much wisdom and experience as an artist entrepreneur, which I think is a pretty unique set of gifts, actually, to be so skilled in both of those areas. And to me, she just really embodies the principles involved in making what you were created to make. She has such a clear sense of her vision and values, and she's so great at articulating how she does that and how you can do that too. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get started. Thank you so much for being here today, Shala. I'm so excited to get to talk to you and to be able to share you with our audience. I'm sitting here with Shala Graham of Shala Graham Photography. She's a headshot and personal branding photographer who helps professional women ignite their confidence in front of the camera. She's also the founder of Calling Qualified Ministry, equipping women to live a life that courageously chases their unique calling and Creative Colony, a co-working space where she supports entrepreneurs in the DC area. And we met when you actually shot headshots for me mm-hmm. several years ago. And I just f- found you as I was desperately searching for somebody that I would really enjoy working with. And then it was such a fabulous experience being in your studio. You're so, I can tell that it's much more than just shooting a photo for you. You really are trying to bring something out. So I I just loved meeting you and we started talking and then we found out that we have all kinds of things in common and connection. So I've actually been wanting to have this conversation with you for like years, for a really long time. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I I would love for for you to just start off by telling us a little bit about you you and about your your headshot and branding business. Like sure. Tell us about what you do there. Uh, when I'm working with people, I target women. Um, that's who I market to because I really feel connected and I've always felt called uh, to support women in some kind of way. And so when I'm working with women, most of them they dread being in front of the camera and they usually kind of give me a preliminary. I just want to let you know, this is like my least favorite thing in the world. (laughs) Um, I'm just, I just have to do this or they've never done it before or they're very awkward. All of the things, right. That they want to like give me a warning about maybe it's because they think if I just reduce the expectation for having something great, I won't be disappointed or I won't be discouraged. Um, And so when I'm working with women, I really want to say, okay, how do I help them see themselves the way that I think God sees them? How do I help them have this encounter with themselves, right? To say, wow, I did that. And uh, there's a recent uh, photo shoot that I did with um, a woman. I had several that day and as she was looking at the photos, because I now do kind of a in-person review of the photos and selection instead of oh, nice. sending the gallery later, uh, she's looking at it and she's like, oh my God, that looks like me. That looks like how I always see myself. And then she started crying and she was welling up and I was like, okay, what's happening here? Um, and she shared how she was um, making her way through a divorce after 20 years where she was abused. And this was this moment for her to be like, there's something 
in me that is great and wonderful. Um, and so it's, it's for those moments, not that I want that for any of the women that I work with, but it's for those moments, those women who are struggling with their identity in some way, right? Whether it's the world or a interpersonal relationship to be able to have a time that is focused on them, that they can begin to see themselves and say, you know what, I can do this. I can confidently chase the career, chase the new life, do the thing. Um, and, and not even be brand new. I like to think of it as rediscovering or, or uncovering the thing that was already there. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like the greatness is, is in you because that's how God made you. Um, but over time we get layers of things push it down and cover it. And so in my small amount of time uh, that I get to work with women, I really want to see them, um, that confidence be ignited on a, on a a different level where they're thinking, wow, like this was, this was almost therapy. (laughs) Like this was more than a photo shoot. Yeah, I I definitely felt that like being in the space with you, the way that you create that environment and work with, with me was very much like, I have been in in places where it feels like, okay, you know, we've got to get this done in the time and like get it done. And I hope you know what you're doing (laughs) because you got to get out of my studio. But you, you so much, you're so gentle. It's almost like I felt that sense of being able to trust you that you were holding this whole experience and that you had my best interest at heart. And I, I think there's something so, it's so beautiful the way that you talk about what you do. And, and I love it as an example of an artist at work in the world who is an art, who's a person of faith. Like you don't bill your photography business as like, I'm a Christian yeah. headshot photographer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, and it's, it's not that kind of like stamp. It's your opportunity to just pour out and truly create this, like, what would a photography studio be like if it were, you know, governed by Jesus, you know, like Mm -hmm. that, this is what it would be like. What an incredible thing to be able to do that within this, because taking somebody's photograph is a very vulnerable, very intimate thing. And to have somebody see you in that way is really vulnerable. So to be able to create, I mean, I think these are some of the things that we don't necessarily think about um, as artists that you know, it, it, we know that it's vulnerable for us when we show our work, but creating these spaces for other people to be vulnerable, to be seen or to see things they're not used to seeing in your case about themselves, like that is a real, that's a sacred space to be walking in. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, and I like that phrasing a sacred space, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want it to be honored in that way. And I want it to feel safe. Right. And that's why I'm careful about the people who I work with. Right. Mm-hmm. My makeup artist or my stylist, um, because I want this safe. I want this space to be safe. I want you to be encouraged. I, I don't want you to be stressed out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want you to be thinking about all of the things that could happen that are happening. Um, but to enter into this space and I try to be very intentional part craft. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if someone is not comfortable, you're not going to get a great <laughs> photo out of them. Um, So part of it is like, this is the work that I do. And then part of it is, um, how can I take an opportunity to affirm the thing that I am seeing in them, Mm. right? So I'm watching for when their eyes switch, right? There's like a, a, a bulb, right? A tinker or, or sometimes it's, it's a movement where you see them, they're, they're, they physically settle in and and I'm like, yes, I see you. And I'm I'm very intentional about my words because I want them to be like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do see you, ma'am. Yes, you are killing it. Um, and that's how I just want them to, to feel and, yeah. and, and see something that either they don't see or no one takes the time to, to say it, right? Um, and sometimes we just need to hear it. Yeah. Um, that we are amazing and we're doing a great job and we have a spark. And um, I think that's a, a precious like um, work of Jesus thing, right? To see someone affirm them, recognize them um, out of the crowd. Yeah. That's a real gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, I, I want to, a big part of what we're talking about with Soulmakers is calling, 
and understanding calling on a deeper level. And, and we, we talk about how frequently the conversation around calling goes to what do you do, you know, and, and that must be your, your calling. That's the, the extent of it. But in reality, the, the biblical call is much more expansive than that. It has a lot more to do with who you are and the, the shaping of, of that identity. Uh, and also, I think it has a lot to do with your natural gifting and talents and the way you see the world, the, what God has kind of put in you and our, our responsibilities to develop those things. And then how that plays out, what you quote unquote do, may change over the course of a career. It, you may be doing five things at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, circum- because I think a lot of times people get stuck with my circumstances don't allow me to do that thing I'm called to do instead of being able to see, okay, how can I live out my call within the circumstances that I have or work towards circumstances, you know, knowing that this is a long journey. And so I'm curious about how you think about call for yourself and also how you talk about calling with, uh, with the women that you're engaging in yeah. calling qualified. Yeah. So I, I, I think, and this is something that I've wrestled with, right? Uh, because like many people, I think about, well, what do you do? What am I supposed to do? And then I was like, mm, for, for someone who is, you know, multi faceted serial yeah. entrepreneur, I was like, okay, so you feel a little like bipolar here like, or schizophrenic, <laughs> yeah. right? Cause you're, and I was like, this this sounds crazy in my, in my head. This sounds crazy to other yeah. people. Like how, how do all of these things fit? And so when I was kind of wrestling through my, my own makeup, um, I, I came up with the phrase courageously chasing the call, right? Mm. The call to Jesus. And, and really to your point, our calling is to be conformed into the image of Jesus, right? right? Like <laughs> baseline, right? right exactly. That is, what, that is what we're we're here and what we're doing. And if we can get as many people who look and function like Jesus in the world, how would the world change, right? And how how do we get Jesus into the bakeries and into the schools and into you know the marketplaces? Like that would be a really transformed world. Right. And so I like to think of um, this courageously chasing the call. And it, it, it's kind of what keeps me from feeling like I'm just crazy. I am, I am maturing in this season. I'm about <laughs> to turn 41 next, uh, next week. And so I'm like, oh, happy Lord, birthday. Thank you. I'm more self-aware, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was very um, freeing when I took some time and really dig into how I'm wired to be like, oh, so you're not crazy. <laughs> right. Like, this is a thing, right? right. This, is, this is an intentional thing, right? Yeah. God put this in you on purpose because he needs you in this type of role. Right. And so to be able to see that and be like, okay, I'm allowed to do multiple things. I'm in a season where I'm like, okay, I just want to do like two things right now. Yeah. Not four or five. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm tired and I and I wanna, I need, I think I need time and space to hear God clearly. And when I am doing too many things, I can't, I'm too distracted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I need a I need a little wilderness time. Right. <laughs> to right. just hear the voice of God. And I and I it's not going to be doing nothing, um, <laughs> but just I can do 20 less. Things. Just, yeah. Yeah, just not 20 things. If I can just do photography and calling qualified and then go to school, like I feel like that's a max capacity yeah. in yeah. this season. And that, and that's enough, right? Yeah. Let me pay my mortgage, Jesus. <laughs> and then let me also like encourage and inspire women uh, to, to do the thing. Um so, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's to just know free. when is enough. Enough is yes, yes, yeah. To be able yes. to maintain, yeah. And I don't want to be. Um, I don't want life to always be in a hurry. One of mm-hmm. my uh, colleagues um, recommended the book, "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." Hmm. Um, which was really good. I was like, okay, I'm not going to stand in the longest line at the checkout and I'm not going to drive the speed limit, but I will take your other advice <laughs> on how to slow down um, and making sure that I'm implementing Sabbath rest um, more regularly and yeah. just slowing down. Cause he was like, you can't, 
you can't go at breakneck speed all week long and then hit Sabbath and fully unplug. Right. right? It's just, you need, you need like an on-ramp and an off-ramp. And so it's forced me to just slow life down a little bit. Mm. Right. I'm like, how can I really like focus on working like Tuesday through Thursday and then Monday and Friday, Friday is kind of like my, you know, play hooky day. Maybe I'll work. <laughs> Maybe I won't work. Monday is like waking my brain back up, yeah. but it, it had to be an intentional. Like if I know that I'm going to be unplugging come Friday night, I need to make sure that I am at a space where I can Right. Um, and not feel guilty, not feel bad, not feel overwhelmed that things are undone. Um, because maybe I'm just trying to do a little bit less um, and reduce some of the expectations because I understand that I have a very strong, like, critical voice um, that says I got to do and I got to be perfect. And and I think even some of that as an artist, um, working with other artists over the years, I've had to learn to be good, okay with good enough, mm. right? Because when it comes down to like a commercial creative business, I'm like, you, we have a deliverable. <laughs> you are wasting billable hours, hemming and hawing. It's fine. Send it to the client. Right. <laughs> right. Done. Done. So um, how do you apply that? I mean, that that's a great example mm-hmm. of like in, in the commercial world, like you, there's just time and good <laughs> enough sometimes has to be good enough. Yeah. Do you care? How do you carry that over into your other creative projects or, or like just what you were saying, being able to mm-hmm. tell yourself, okay, I'm going to take this time off or I'm going to limit myself in this way. Yeah. Um, I think, I think in photography, there's a, um, I don't have to do one. I send my work to a retoucher to do the editing. Right. I don't have to have my hand on that. Right. And I just hire people who are better than me Mm. (laughs) so that when it comes back, I'm like, wow, how did you do that? Man, that skin tone is so great. That's fabulous. Um, And also realizing that I see things or she sees things that the regular person doesn't see. Right. And they wouldn't notice the difference, right? It's like uh, my husband, he would, um, very into music, has a great ear, can sing. I don't have those things. So he would be slaving away, mixing, mastering something. And then he put headphones on me. I'm like, listen to this. And then he'd be like, okay, and now listen to this. And I'm like, so they sound exactly the same to me. <laughs> Sounds <And> good. He, <laughs> he would be so frustrated. And I realize that's the case for a lot of yeah. artists, right? When your ear or your eye or your voice is tuned to that thing, you see things that even other artists in other places right. would never notice, right? And so there's a, a freedom to say, you know what? Just let it go. It's going to be fine. So it just kind of lifts this pressure, yeah. of performance, of it being about me, how will you receive? It's not about that. And that's when, if I'm starting to think that way, that's when I know a strong boot is about to come to my rear end, right? <laughs> this is not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not sustainable. This is not about you. Yeah. You have made the gospel about you and it's about Jesus and you need to go sit down somewhere. Yeah. So that's how yeah. I kind of bring it into the things. Well, I I really I, so you're talking about setting these limits. You're talking about um, rest and all of these different kinds of things. And I think probably the idea of I think that you probably have a very clear understanding of your vision and your values. And so I want to get to this idea of this is it was a phrase you used many years ago when I met you about a values based brand, and it really it turns in my mind a lot because. Um, there's a lot of, you know, we were talking about circumstances can feel like it prevents you from it, living out your calling the way that you think you want to. Um, you can have so many opportunities and not know which ones to take or, you know, as you're trying to build an audience and work with people trying to understand where do I give and where do I hold the line. Talk talk to me more about this idea of a values-based brand mm-hmm. and, and developing a clarity around vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really when we, when we talk about a brand, um, a brand is really a reputation, 
Mm. Right. Um, And your reputation is being built, whether you do that intentionally or not. Um, And oftentimes brands will try to uh, build that reputation or manage that reputation and then think, oh, I should probably have some values and like slap some things on there. (laughs) Right. Instead of saying, what do we value? What is core? What points us true north? What are what are the things that we want to celebrate as a company? right? Award people for as a company. And so um, when we start there, then as we were deciding what projects to take on, what um, things to do, not do, it, it's going back to the value. So with my design firm, uh, the, the company values were excellence, honesty, and compassion. And so I remember uh, my designer, Christy, she got a call from one of our, you know, regular clients. They had an emergency, of course, that they need something right away. And so she talked to me about it and she was like, okay, so um, I'm trying to have compassion <laughs> for their situation, right? Um, and I want to make sure that I can actually deliver, right, the excellence that we want to hold ourselves to. Um, but I also want to be honest about like my capacity, like, can I do this? Mm. Is this reasonable? Also is your lack of organization really my problem? Ah. <laughs> like, and, and, and she didn't necessarily say the company values at each piece, but I could see how, how well it was ingrained in the thought process, like this is what we value. We do care about our clients. We do want to do excellent work, but we value being honest. We never want to be the company who's like, oh, I can do that. And really you're going to go find someone who can do that Mm. because you can't do it. I'd rather just say, we don't have capacity to do that, or we don't have anyone on our team who can do that. And if we need to bring someone in, I'm going to tell you upfront, that that's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Um, Cause I don't like the behind the scenes kind of shady business, fake it till you make it. It's just not right. my, my jam. Um, and so I think it's important when you, for me, it was just this beautiful, she was struggling with this decision, but I was super excited because I was like, she gets it. She gets our values. This is, this is a tangible, real thing that can be implemented. And so even now with photography, I'm like, I need it to feel authentic and I need it to be about growth and I need it to, to be fun, right? These are the things that I am valuing as a photographer. I want you to look like your authentic self and I'm going to show up as my authentic self in these shoots. Um, I'm doing this work because I'm interested in your growth, Mm. the growth individually, your growth in, in your career or in your business. And the work that we are doing here is for growth. And then it should be fun, right? It should not feel like going to the dentist. This should, you might be dreading it, but I want you to walk away being like, wow, that was actually fun. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Mm. Yeah. Every time someone says that, I'm like, I am on brand. <laughs> this makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's important um, to have those values. And that way I can kind of say, you know what? If I do this photo shoot, is this really authentic to me? Is it authentic to them? Is this really helping me grow, them grow? Like, where's the growth? Is this just painful? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I've done the painful thing, I'm like, dummy, why did you do that? This was not fun. Right. <laughs> this was not enjoyable. Um, and I should have, I should have said no. Yeah, I, that that gets it. Like, I literally have had this conversation with somebody about. Well, there's two, there's two conversations, so I'll throw them both at you and you can respond however you want. But I, 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 one is uh, kind of concerns or questions around how Christians in the arts should or shouldn't market themselves and mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, the, the look at me, look at me, you know, that aspect of, mm-hmm. of marketing, I think, is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second is... Uh, attracting client, I, the the conflict comes when somebody is feels like they're in a position where they have to work with a client who has expectations or needs that are outside of mm-hmm. 
my values or what mm-hmm. I want to be doing, whether it's creatively or mm-hmm. spiritually or morally or any of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it, it occurs to me after hearing you talk that I think you could really head off a lot of that stuff by starting here, starting with mm-hmm. the values. I mean, is that, does that make sense? How, how do you think Absolutely. about that? Yeah. And I, I, and, and it's something that I encountered early, um, as an entrepreneur, uh, in my design firm, you know, I was 23, uh, when I had started that company. And so you're just getting random requests. And I, every now and then I would get like the request and <laughs> the guy who called me was like, yeah, so I want this like sexy woman in a thong with the money. Hand. And I was like, sir, <laughs> So what I will not be using my gifts and talents for <laughs> is this, right? And that was just like a very, kind of like an extreme end, yeah. right? Like most Christians would be like, yes yeah, so or no, we're not going to do the shake them up, you know, <laughs> objectifying women uh, flyer, right? Not doing that, right? Show me your thong, you get in free, like legit, <laughs> like that was a thing. <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, but I think that if we are aware We'll save ourselves and our clients, our audience, a whole lot of heartache if we just know where our boundaries are. And that's just a whole other conversation, right? What are our boundaries? Mm. And I have not been great at having boundaries in different areas of life, right? And so when I when I look at like, okay, so what what is what is safe? What is wise? What is good? What is my responsibility? What's your responsibility? And how do I create a boundary around myself, right? Because it's not to put around you, it's around myself, right? These are the things that I will and will not do as an artist, as a person, as a Christ follower. Um, and I think that it, to the, to the other question about um, the kind of the look at me, like the marketing thing, uh, I think sometimes we can, we can get in our head a little a little bit about that because everybody markets, right? The, the, the healthcare professional has to market the, the gym fitness trainer has to market. The teacher has to market. Everyone has to market on some level. That's your resume, right? Marketing (laughs) that is you are selling yourself, Right. And those who can sell themselves better, that sounds so terrible. (laughs) Those who can sell themselves better are going to thrive more. Right. And some of that is not even like a prosperity gospel thing whatsoever. I am keenly aware that Jesus might want me broke serving him somewhere. And so I keep myself from um, uh, leaning into like, a luxurious life and expectations because I'm like, Jesus might take that from me. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to be like, no, Jesus, I won't do it because I want my luxury. So I just that's a boundary I put around myself because I know the temptation there. Um, but this is just like basic, basic thriving, right? Mm-hmm. Basic awareness that deck on it, I was created amazing, right? right? God didn't make me and be like, uh, I mean, she'll do. Right. Mm. I don't think that that's the way that God looked at me, looked at you when he created us. I think he was fired up and be like, yeah, this one right here. Amazing. Top notch work. Yeah. And if we saw ourselves that way, then maybe we would carry ourselves differently and we wouldn't feel as icky in some cases. And I think we all know when we've gotten too icky. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know that it really is an arrogance that no one can stand, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in general, like even with this podcast, you're going to have to market this podcast if you want people right. to actually listen to it. Because otherwise, I mean, this was a great conversation, Lisa, and I would have done this without microphones on, right? Right. But you have, this is just a part of life. You have to let people know. Yeah. You have to let people know. And we we do not want to be, you know, starving artists, Right. Yeah. And it's the no. difference, like everything <laughs> that you're saying, it, it, it makes it so crystal clear too, because we're celebrating who God created us to be. We're owning mm-hmm. the gifts that we've been mm-hmm. given and we're trying to give that away. We're trying and, mm-hmm. and, you know, make a living in the process, but, mm-hmm. but give, give those away. But it's the difference between sharing an authentic self, who you mm-hmm. really are, as opposed to selling yeah. a self that you think somebody's going to want to buy. Right. And that that seems to be where where the trouble comes, because I because I, yeah. I, I would imagine 
you don't, it's not like, I mean, in, in the beginning, in the early days, you, like you're saying, you take whatever you've got and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, oops, that, that is going to be a boundary. But at this yeah. point, you probably wouldn't have a client approaching you. I mean, I know that's not what you do now, but even mm-hmm. so, you wouldn't have a client approaching to do that yeah. because you have identified so clearly in your website, mm-hmm. in your social media, in in how you carry yourself and mm-hmm. and convey what you do mm-hmm. that people who are looking for that are coming right. to you and people who are looking right. for something else. It doesn't become a like... Um, no, that doesn't fit my values. I don't, you know, I don't think I would want to do that. Yeah. They they probably would never even approach you right. because you're highlighting the things that you are right. about. Right. Yeah. It is a very strong filter. Right? Yeah. And I, I want, I want my, I think of my website or my materials as like a whole employee right? Like you got to do the work of a full-time person, try to attract the right clients to, you know, to distract the wrong clients, right? Right. So people can say, yes, this is for me, right? I can see, I want to connect. And I love it when uh, someone will call me or email me and they'll be like, I want to work with you. I know that you are the right photographer for me. Right. So let's do this. Yeah. Right. And that way I'm like, yes. Okay. Something is landing, something is connecting. And usually when I hear that, I'm like, okay, it even gives me little hints at the the kind of fear or anxiety or Mm -hmm. whatever that they might be coming into the studio with. Yeah. Well, that's the other side of it. And this kind of goes to the marketing is being able to actually deliver what you've put out there. Which you do. I mean, that I remember too, like looking at your website and I'm like, oh gosh, that would be amazing. If that's really <laughs> what happens, that would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. we'll see. And and you did, you do deliver yeah. that experience, which then it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I noticed like there's something about her. That's what, you know, we kind of started having more conversations. There's something going on there. I really, really like this person and feel like she actually cares about me and the people that are here and, and it shows up in the photograph. Right. And that's the thing about values, branding. Like if you can't deliver <laughs> on what you said, then you're going to have a bad reputation, right? Again, if your yeah. brand is reputation, like you're not going to be able to deliver on the promise and that sucks for everybody. Right. Right. If you're not delivering on what you promised. Yeah. Um, and what you said that you were going to do. And so I just try to be mindful. Yeah. I th- I feel like you're, you're laying out the recipe for how do you build a, a relationship with the audience that you want to have. You, you're very clear on who you are, what those values are, where your boundaries are, what you have to offer, what, what you want to see happen in that. And then you're so attuned to making it this incredible experience for the people, the client that you're working with and listening to them and going that extra mile that like you, it really is a relationship that you're building, which is absolutely. And then I, it makes me, and then you're talking about uh, the people who've invested in you. And, and that's another, that's one of the principles is, is building empowering relationships that go all the way. You know, there's the being mentored, mentoring others, but also that group of peers that, you know, it, it is really, I know a lot of people really feel alone in general. And then artists tend to feel, can feel very isolated because a lot of our work can be alone as well, but also this intersection of art and faith and being with people that get you. How, is that something that you have consciously kind of built in your life or, Mm. It, you just seem like a relationship person. You seem like somebody who has. <laughs> I do have really great relationships. And it's so funny. I don't know if you've done uh, Clifton Strengths Finder, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> there's not a single relationship building strength in my top 10. And I was oh, like, interesting. This? But I, most of my things are influencing, right? And so, and even that is still a very apostolic connection, right? Yeah. Um, where there are fewer people who lead with influencing compared to executing or relationship building or strategy. Um, but there is, it's in my back pocket though. 
It's yeah. in my backpack. <laughs> um, and I do have strong relationships um, with like-minded people um, who I can connect with. And that's why I got to put stuff on Do Not Disturb because my friends in their chat group, they're going every day. <laughs> every day they're going. And it's not uncommon for me to pick up my phone. I'm like, oh, you missed a hundred messages. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me scroll. Let me see what they were talking about. Is this relevant? <laughs> Do I need to respond to this? Um, but I love having strong relationships in every space that I'm in, right? Uh, people that I'm connecting with who are really pouring into me and I into them. And I think that's what helped me in my season where I was on staff as a pastor, um, because I did not approach uh, the pastorate the way that I see a lot of um, pastors do, especially lead pastors, those who might be more, you know, senior leadership. And what I noticed is they're not as vulnerable um, with their struggles and who they are because they feel like, I got to set the example for what chasing after Jesus and doing it right looks like, right? Um, and I think it creates isolation, right? Yeah. Where they don't feel like it's safe to tell the people in their own church, which it should be, uh, I'm not doing well or I'm struggling today, right? And they have to wait until they get with other uh, fellow leaders who understand it more, and then maybe there they can be vulnerable, but they don't have time to get with them yeah. on a regular basis, right? So, <laughs> in my little, in my youth ministry and small groups, I was like, "Look, y'all, I'm crazy. Okay, <laughs> stuff has hit the fan; it's falling apart." but we're going to love the Lord together. How are you struggling? <laughs> this right. is how I'm struggling, right? And I try to be vulnerable because I learn as an entrepreneur um, where there is a lot of imposter syndrome, there is a lot of um, competition or like I got to puff myself up to show myself to be super successful. Um, I realize that when I am vulnerable, especially as someone who uh, might be seen as a leader or more influential in the community. When I'm vulnerable, it gives other people permission to also be vulnerable. So when my design firm was struggling and I'm driving for Uber because I can't pay myself and I got to cut my employees back, like when I would share that with people, there would be this huge sigh of relief, yeah, like in their whole body. And they're like, oh, so you too. Wow. And then they'd not they're not going to be as hard on themselves as they were. And I was like, oh, this is, this is letting some captives free. It's letting me free, but it's letting some captives free. Um, and so that's, I took the same approach when I went into ministry. I was like, look guys, like it's, it's a hot mess over here sometimes, but I love Jesus and I'm going to keep fighting through. And so when we had our discipling times, which I was very passionate about, I'm like, we have to invest in one another. And, and a lot of people, a lot of pastors have never really been discipled or had those, that discipling community. So they don't even know what is missing or how to fix it because they've never seen it. And so I wanted to make sure that my leaders were being walked with, right? And that they could peer into my life um, to see how I respond to be held accountable for when I don't respond well, right? And you don't also need to be a pastor. Like you just got to be my sister, brother in Christ to be like, Charlotte, that looked funky. Like, yeah. You should probably do something about that. Um, and I just think that it's a, it's a, it's a different kind of way to live. And I think as artists, um, if we carry the same intentional vulnerability about our work, about our process, um, and then we let people in, instead of keeping everyone at bay because we don't want the critique we these aren't people aren't going to understand like just let people in yeah right and free yourself yeah and have those relationships that are going to carry you in in the hard seasons and I think if we look at um, celebrities um, popular artists creative comedians um, who have passed, um, tragically in many cases, I, mm. I think they were missing 
right? Some of the vulnerability, I think they were missing some of the community, the trusted relationships, um, and just the, the ability to be like, ah, things are rough today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't, That's I don't have nice. to put up a pretense. Um, cause mental health is so important. I have so many therapists as clients. I feel like God is just constantly like, <laughs> okay, like surround yourself with people who are going to care, who get it, because it's important. Yeah. Uh, so, so wise. Well, I want to, I want to ask you kind of shifting gears a little bit. I want to ask you a, a big question as we kind of wrap up here. Uh, one of the things that I come across, and I, you know, this is, I think to do, uh, it's not quite imposter syndrome, but Sometimes I, I come across artists or people who are developing in that craft who, f- who question whether or not it's really worthwhile for them to do what they do. Like, is it really valuable and meaningful? Because we do get, we do sometimes get the message that this is a nice little extra thing if you have, you know, in your free time or, you know, if you've got money or whatever. But uh, for those that are trying to kind of step into that place of understanding that what artists do and make does matter. Do you ever think about that? Like, why does it matter that we make art, especially when there's so many things going on in the world? So many things, you know, I could be doing X, Y, and Z with my time. I could be, I could be a minister instead of, or I could be a missionary. You know, what, what is the value of me doing that work? And do you ever, have you, are there ever times when you've doubted the value of your work and how do you, mm-hmm. how do you talk yeah. yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there was a, it was in 2020, right. Um, in a pandemic business is closed. Um, all the businesses are closed. Um, and, but this is coming into my fourth year in ministry and there was something in my head, which I think is a popular notion that in order for you to be a legit minister, right truly called. You got to be full time at somebody's church. Right. So I thought that's what I needed to do. Right. To really be a legit called bona fide minister. Um, and, and it, and it was hard. And so in the, in the pandemic, when I was, um, when business was closed, right. And I had all, ministry had to ramp up because everything has to be moved online. So you got to spend more time doing all the things like we, that was just a hard season for everybody. Um, But in that season, I learned to live on a lot less, right? Financially, because I could, I didn't have my business going and I had my small ministry check. Um, And I took a sabbatical. I'm a very big fan of sabbaticals. I try Mm. to take it three to four weeks off in the summer every year. Um, And then many sabbaticals throughout the year. Um, God helped me see, like, I, I make the same, (laughs) this is so sad, but I made the same salary as a photographer working five to 10 hours a week as I did putting in 30 something hours for the church. Mm. Right. And I was also grossly underpaid. (laughs) 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 Um, but it was like, cause I was like, God, how do I have more time for ministry? How do I do? And it was kind of like, well, if you cut the church job. You would then free up 30 hours to perhaps work on calling qualified or, or do something else or just rest. Cause I started having like chest pains cause the mm, stress, like wow. it just felt like daggers <laughs> in my chest. And I was like, what's wrong? Do I got COVID? Like, was, no, you have stress, you yeah. have stress and you need to sit down. Um, and so that's when I switched. Right. And it also was this like, um, this realization that, um, my, my value and my, my worth as a minister is not tied to whether or not I do anything full time. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even as a photographer, like I like, to, I don't do anything full time, deck on it. Like it's <laughs> all mixed in and I try to keep it all within 40 hours. Some weeks have more than the other, um, on, on any given thing. Um, but what I really began to lean into was, there's a good work that's happening as a photographer, right? Yeah. There's a good work and there are people that I would never reach, that I would never connect with, who would never walk through the doors of a church, who might not ever hear me preach or be on my team. And those are the people who need to be reached in mm-hmm. different ways. And I don't even consider myself like a strong evangelist type, mm-hmm. right? 
but I am a disciple, right? Yeah. I am aware that the Great Commission is for all of us. And so it gives me an opportunity to walk out faith, to connect with people, uh, to talk with people who I would just never have connected with, um, and to see the same value and worth in it, right? Yeah. And I can, st- I can, I can do both. And I don't have to fit into anybody's box, right? I don't have to check anybody's box. I just have to do good with what God has put in my hands, right? Yeah. If He gave me five, let me multiply the five. If He gave me ten, let me multiply the ten. What I don't want to do is take my one and bury it, mm. right? And so, how do I? How do I just do good with what I got? And if God made you an artist, then like live in it, walk in it and see who you can reach, see the audiences that you can reach. Uh, One of my uh, mentors, um, we were talking and she's the one who told me that I was supposed to be a youth pastor, which was like bananas to me. So (laughs) well, clearly you must be hearing Jesus really well. Um, And I was talking about how I was doing a lot of traveling this um, year And she's like, I just felt this in my spirit go. Um, Mm. And I haven't felt this strongly about something since I told you that you were supposed to be a youth pastor. And so she's like, I know your studio is settled um, and that you're in that place, but don't get too comfortable being Mm. settled. And she was like, you have no idea what God might do with you through your camera right? Mm -hmm. You don't know if something um, that someone sees is going to have some sort of spiritual transformation because they saw it through your camera. You have no idea where God might take you throughout the world. And I was like, I don't even make sense to me. How is that going to (laughs) happen? Right. And because I'm still thinking like, I got a mortgage to pay. How am I going to pay my mortgage? Um, But what was interesting was I had just come back from Italy with my seminary and Um, they had a grant and so they hired me to photograph artwork prominently featuring women in the art, right? So we created this visual museum of, uh, women in Christianity, um, of artwork across Italy. And, uh, maybe a week or two later after this conversation with my mentor, um, we were talking, or I went to a a symposium for the visual museum and the professors were like, yeah, we got to get more grant money because we need to go to Ethiopia and we need to go to this country and that country to, and it started to click to me. I was like, Oh, there are other ways. And these are seminary professors who are deeply engaged in the arts. Yeah. Right. And what theology we learn from, from the art that exists. Right. Um, And so I was like, Oh, Maybe, maybe she was on to something. Maybe she still hears Jesus well. Okay. And so it just expanded my imagination. Yeah. Right. Of how I can be an artist, be a photographer, be whatever, and still deeply integrate my faith um, and my call to minister in different forms. And so that's what I would kind of say to people like, there's there's a deep ministry um, as an artist, um, and 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 the in the visual language um, that um, just is not the same for all people when they like read something. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, being able to engage it, to experience, to use all of your senses. Sometimes it just helps people click. And there's a there's a people who need what you're creating. Um, and that's the way that they're going to be able to engage with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, so do the thing. Do yeah, the thing. that's yeah. good. <laughs> Shayla, you are amazing. I just, I, I am, I'm just amazed by you. The, the scope of how you use your gifts and your generosity that just comes out in, in everything that you say and, and all the spaces that you create. I, I'm just, I'm really blessed by, I, I was l- watching your videos for um, <laughs> the Calling Qualified and it, I just am really excited that that you're out there and that you're doing what you do and and that your photography business, the headshot, I, I just think that that is such a gift to mm-hmm. so many women mm-hmm. uh, to be in that space, to be able to be vulnerable and show who they mm-hmm. are and be encouraged in that as they're yeah. taking that step to say, you yeah. know, cause that really is like saying, I'm a professional, I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm ready. And yeah. it's so, it's just so beautiful that, that you do yeah. what you do. So thank you for I doing see. it. <laughs> Thanks. It's a different kind of equipping. Um, yeah. 
And I kept thinking, I was like, Jesus, I need more revenue, right? So I thought he was going to send me more donors for calling qualified. But then he just like ramped up and like doubled revenue in half the time as a photographer. And I was like, okay. What are you saying, Jesus? <laughs> like, because this isn't, this isn't what I thought you were going to do. I thought I'm supposed to be this minister who does this thing. And this is what you were going to fund because it's important. I got to do it. And I was like, oh, hmm. but you're doing something else. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't discount that creativity and that work that you have me doing because clearly your hand is on that. Yeah. And so I need to shift how I think wow. about who I am as a minister. Wow. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Thank you so much for talking with us, Shayla. It's just, this has been great. I, I feel like I've learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was fun. I love everything she has to say about creating a values-based brand and setting boundaries up front. I have had that conversation with several artists who contract with others, but I I think this just works across the board as an artist. I mean, I know as an actor, I I had to think about this, like what what kind of roles do I want to take and what kind of work do I want to do, but how do I be selective and still work and all that kind of stuff, but I just... She makes it so simple. I love the idea of (laughs) knowing your values and your boundaries and creating your identity and your brand in such a way that you're setting the tone from the get-go in your professional life and you're setting yourself up to be in the environments you want to be in. Yeah. And she was so clear and concise about it. And you can really tell like she's been through it to get to that point where she is now. Like she went through the mistakes. She went with right. not having boundaries. She, uh, you know, was doing things she didn't want to do. And now she knows how to not do those things. Yeah. Yeah. One she... should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have to follow those steps, right? There you go. Exactly. Okay. Well, in our next episode, we're going to be taking an overview of the final piece of the threefold calling and focus on doing what you are created to do. So I hope that you're finding these episodes encouraging and helpful because we want to see artists get free and confident and grounded in your spiritual lives and in your artistic calling. And I just can't wait till next time. Me either. And hashtag free the artists. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Be, Make, Do, a Soul Makers podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others. Leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Soulmakers Podcast and on YouTube at Soulmakers. Head over to our show notes where you'll find links and resources from this episode, including Shala Graham's website and contact information. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.